I'm excited. Last week we had a phenomenal service. God put an amazing message on my heart, and I intended to continue that today. I will continue it next week. I do have a, a, a friend from many years ago uh, who is a preacher. He travels around the nation, speaks in a lot of the high schools and uh, junior high schools and even colleges, speaks for insurance companies. He's a pastor. He's a preacher. Uh, he's an American missionary to Americans. And uh, wherever he goes in the schools, he's always pointing the finger to Jesus Christ. He's a motivational speaker. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to ask him to come up the front. We both grew up in New York. We're both from Italian background, Italian descent. So we have our own hidden language. We understand each other with just body motions and grunts. Okay? And uh, just before church, I had a different pair of shoes on, and the heel on one of my shoes broke off. And uh, I thought, well, the only thing to do is break off the other heel. At least I'll be even-footed. So I broke off the other heel, uh, but I noticed I was slipping and sliding a lot without a heel. So I quickly went, and uh, they got me my other shoes, which happened to be boots, and this wise guy, whom I'll tell you his name in a moment, turns to me, he sees the boots, and he says, Dude, if I take a picture of you and send that up to New York, everyone's going to disown you. <laughs> I said, That's all right. You just tell him the kid from New York came down south, and even the alligators are under his feet. Would you stand and welcome Bobby Petricelli? Come on, buddy. <laughs> God bless you, man. God bless you. <laughs> You're on. I'm already on. Oh, okay. I just saw the red button. Usually I'll see a yeah. green button. No, we're switched on here. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Hey, I'm absolutely honored to be back, and even though it was a last-minute thing that Pastor Rob reached out, I'm glad it worked out today. I love coming back here. I'm absolutely honored, but Pastor Rob always says to me anytime I've done any preaching for him, this is why I'm back, because he wants me to remember the 10th Beatitude. Blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited back. I'm glad Pastor Rob talked about crying because as an Italian, I'm not afraid to cry. But there's one other thing I cry over and I want to make sure that it's still okay. I cry over only having two slices of pizza instead of three, trust me. I'm Italian and I'm Swedish, so I am a Swedish meatball, just so you know it. For those who don't know me, I did grow up in God's country, Brooklyn, New York. Pastor Rob and I were both part of the CC of NA. And then when I went to Old Roberts University, one of my best friends, Paul Aquino, Dr. Paul, he came there when I was a sophomore, and he actually was part of the CC of NA up in kind of northern part outside the city in the Poughkeepsie, Wappinger Falls area. So I'm absolutely honored to be here. And I got to tell you, I'm amazed at some of the things that Pastor Rob was sharing, even prior during the whole worship time because here's the simplicity of it and I'll say this because I feel led to say this now and not even a little later the more you and I spend time in the presence of God the better we're going to be it's that simple we have complicated things in the church the more I'm in the spirit the better I am 
The less I'm in the spirit, the worse I am. It's that simple. Because then I'm going to be in the flesh more. And the spirit and the flesh are always battling that what is going to have dominion in my life. But if I was to title my sermon this morning, it would be titled Because He First. And very simply, the scripture that I don't have my brothers to put this one up, but it's 1 John 4, 16. I love him because he first loved me. Revelations 3.20 says the Lord is knocking at the door. Let me explain this real simple. To every single area of your life, the Spirit of God is already there knocking. Sometimes we pray and we're like saying, well, God, I pray that you show up. And God's going, what are you talking about? Oh, that was a little high. I'm sorry. He goes, what are you talking about? I'm already there knocking. So the simple prayer I have for people is, Father, may we be sensitive to your knocking. So if I'm praying for Pastor Rob, okay, I'm not going to ask the Holy Spirit to show up. And he shared about David. Think about how phenomenal David is, and I'm going to get into some of this stuff. But David did not have the Holy Spirit living in him. We got the greatest power in the universe living inside of us. It's learning how to access, activate, and manifest that power to have dominion over the areas of our life. And in his presence is the fullness of joy, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. So the more I'm in his presence, the better I'm going to be. But because he first loved me. And you know what? Sometimes the way, you know, I want to worship God, not because it's some routine or ritual. I want to worship him. Because I know how much he loves me and I have that relationship with him. Because he's always pursuing me first. And God will never ask me or you to do anything that he's not already willing to do. He's already done it or is doing it. He can't ask you and I to do something that he's not doing. Then he's a hypocrite. He's a phony. But he's already doing it. He's already pursuing us. He's already loving us. He's already adoring us. He's already treasuring us. We matter to God so much. That I like to take John 3.16 to say very simply, you matter to God so much that he would not send his son to die for a piece of junk. Otherwise, the whole crucifixion would have been a joke, a three-ring circus, and a waste of time. But that was the only way to restore you and I back to who we were initially created to be. And the greatest thing God wants to do is there's one word to describe Jesus, healer. He's the healer of the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. That's simple. And the full gospel encompasses all of that. But he loves you and I first. That's why I want to worship him. That's why I want to pursue him. That's why I want to be still and know that he's the Lord. Because I know how much I'm treasured and I'm loved and I'm adored by him. But growing up, I was always scared to death because the church I grew up in, I thought, oh gosh, Paul and I talk about this. Oh Lord, I'm looking at that pretty girl walk out the door. That's it, I'm going to hell. I got to get saved again. I got to get saved again. I'm in the, I think I shared this last time. I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. I've been saved 9,487 times. I got saved every service because I was never good enough. I was never measured up. I kept up feeling God's got this bull whip ready to beat the slop out of me. I, you know, but then, of course, growing up in Brooklyn, forget the fear of God. There was the fear of Attilio Nunzio Petroselli. My dad had the quickest belt in Brooklyn. I'd reach in the cookie jar before dinner when I'm not allowed to, and all of a sudden I'd hear that Clint Eastwood music play. <laughs> His belt would come out, come around the corner, slap my hand as quick, and go right back in like nothing ever happened. 
I just want you to know, in my conversations with some of my brothers earlier, I have to say this in honor of them. Okay? The guys, in the, my brother in the sound booth, me, and I see many other men in this room. Jealousy will take place in heaven. I'm just telling you straight up. And here's why. The word of God says, that which is absent from the body is present with the Lord. Every man that has lost his hair, your hair is already in heaven being worked on and prepared. So when we get to heaven, we're going to have the best hairdo you can imagine. So don't be getting jealous over us. Our hair is already in the hands of God. Imagine that. The wild part is the sooner you lose your hair, God has more time to work on it. <laughs> And yes, I, I have to be careful. I'm going to come down in a moment, but, you know, I had to share with my brothers earlier also. Um, I, you know, my brother was having fun with me in the back about talking with my hands and, you know, being an Italian. And, we, yeah, we talk with our hands. There's only one reason an Italian talks with their hands, in case you don't know. We spit when we talk. We try to catch all the spit before it hits everybody, just so you know. <laughs> and the sick part is when I'm in a public school, I make that statement about spitting, and all of a sudden I'm like, I have 500 kids, 1,000 kids, and you'll see spittles coming out, and kids are bobbing and weaving to get away from it. But getting back to that point, God is pursuing us. He treasures us. He loves us. He adores us. We mean the world to him. And I've, I'll be honest with you, Pastor Rob, I wish I could have really understood that even better when I was a kid. You know, not like, oh, Lord, dang it, I'm in trouble. I just, you know, wait a minute. Why would he first love me? Why is he going to come down and go to the cross if I was not of great value? If I was not treasured, adored, and honored? You know, Jesus earned the right. So watch this. All the people that ran to Jesus ran away from every other religious person on the earth at the time. If he was preaching the same message they were, they would not have gone to him. Well, here's a simplicity. I share this with Pastor Rob, and Paul knows this. We talk every week and pray every week. Where in the world did the corporate church of America, of this world, come up with the first thing they're going to go after is the sin and behavior of another person? Bear with me. That's what the Pharisees and Sadducees did. And what did Jesus say? It's the sick that needed a physician. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, all the throwaways, the outcasts, the sinners of the day are running to a religious man that they ran away from every other religious man. And then all of a sudden, the Lord even showed this to me the other day. Do you know why the disciples, once they came to know the Lord and have that relationship with him, the impact they were able to make? is because all of a sudden, they didn't sound like every other religious person. Plus, they were moving in the power of the Holy Spirit that people were drawn to them. People would run to them. Because the reality is this. Jesus earned the right to speak into the lives of his disciples and everybody else because of how he first treated them. Why in the world is somebody going to show up to a Christian event or to a church when you're getting beat up in the world system, but you're going to go into a church and go into a Christian event and told how evil, how bad, how sinful, and God can't wait to send your booty to hell? I'm serious. But when you understand the love and the adoration he has for you and me and that we matter so much to him, you know what? Yes. Everybody say this with me. I matter. You matter. We matter to God. I matter 
You matter. We matter to God. I matter. You matter. We matter to God. Now say it like you're from Brooklyn. Use matter to God. Say it like you're from the South. Y'all matter to God. Now say it like you're from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yins matter to God. People need to know that. That's the thing. Well, before I get into step two, one of my favorite people I saw her recently was a woman who spoke to me even when I was young by the name of Joni Erickson Tata. She was a swimmer, a diver, a world-class swimmer and diver, an Olympic swimmer and diver. Well, she dove. She dove off this platform and ended up severing her spinal cord and literally for 50 years she's been in a wheelchair and crippled. She said something recently that goes along even with what Pastor Rob was saying in a little different way and what Paul and I talk about all the time. Because once again, when Jesus said it's the sick that need a physician, she said this as clear as day. She goes, you can look at me and you can see my physical handicap and my physical struggles. This is her words. And she says, I got to get up every morning and rely on another person to take me into the bathroom and to take care of my bathroom needs or to put me in the shower or put me in the bathtub. I have to rely on somebody to do that for me. But my handicap is visible. Everybody could see my physical handicap. And then she pauses. And she goes, so how many of us through the flesh realm are carrying around handicaps that we don't even realize? And she was preaching my language, so I continue by saying, Jesus understood the whys behind the what's. That's why the word says, out of the heart flows the issues of life. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. In other words, I know why you're doing what you're doing. I'm not going to condone wrong behavior, but I'm still going to love you. And even Pastor Rob was talking about the deserve part. This is what makes God so great. Has nothing to do with who I am, what I've done, what I do or don't do. Just like my children, they're not perfect, but I'm going to love and adore them no matter what. Where could I ever learn that love is by God the Father himself. That he treasures his creation. He treasures his creation. He adores his creation. He values his creation. We matter to him. But no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're dealing with, let me say this clear as day. My brother Paul can relate to this because of the work he does. You know what? Every person in this room at one point in their life battle or struggle with some kind of mental strain, mental illness, mental sickness. There's varying degrees of it. It's not one way or the other, just like physical illness. There's not just, well, you've never been physically ill because you haven't had a heart condition. COVID doesn't count because it's not a heart condition. No, there's all forms of varying forms of physical illness, just like there's varying forms of mental illness, that God wants to bring complete healing, a renewal of the mind, a healing of the soul, a restoration of the body, and truly a full healing of every area of our life. That's why when Jesus died, it was a full thing. A sacrificial lamb never went to a cross. If all Jesus did was die for our sins, why would God send his son when a sacrificial lamb was already accomplishing that. 
But a sacrificial lamb was not unrecognizable, did not wear a crown of thorns, did not get beaten and scourged, did not get a spear stuck in its side, did not get whipped, did not have to carry a cross and get nailed to a cross because Jesus covered the full aspect of everything that you and I have been through, are going through, or will ever go through. That's why he is a full, complete healer. Can you say amen? So no matter what you're battling with today, he wants to bring healing to those areas. Let me give you a very simple example before I move to the next point. Jesus wore a crown of thorns. I'm watching something a few years back. Dr. Carolyn Leaf is a counseling psychologist therapist. She showed the picture of the brain. Okay, and I forget if it was an x-ray, an MRI, or a CAT scan, Pastor Rob. But when you look at the picture of the brain, that she would show. When you have a good experience and a good memory, it shows up on the brain as a flowering bush. That's how it shows up. If you have a bad memory, you know what it shows up in the brain as? A thorny bush. Whoa. I call up Dr. Carolyn Leaf's ministry. Her husband was blown away because what God revealed to me, I go, that's why Jesus wore a crown of thorns. It's greater than just the king of the Jews. Everything Jesus did, there is a greater meaning. That's why he stuck, uh, had a spear stuck in his side because his heart had already been broken. It was a physical revelation of the emotional broken heart that he died on the cross for. It's a full, complete package. So when I ask people all the time, what did Jesus die for? What's the gospel? Jesus died for my sins. Yeah, yeah, but that's not the only thing. Of course. So many people will respond greater when they know how valued, loved, and treasured they are. No, we're not condoning wrong behavior. But Jesus earned the right to eventually get to the place to embrace and talk about the things that the disciples had been doing and helping them to realize why. Number two, the power of his word, but even a step further, the power of the Holy Spirit. Brother, if you don't mind, could you please put up John 14, 26? But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. You ready for this? This is a revelation God gave me. The word of God is powerful. Just think of how powerful it is for all of us. But can I be honest with you? It's a very small glimpse of who God really is. Watch, I'm going to show you this. Okay? If, if you take the entire world, and the entire world still does not give justice to what I'm about to say, but I'm going to use a simple example. The entire world is God, God's greatness, God's amazingness, God's awesomeness. The entire world. You know what the written word of God is? That we have the written word? Just bear with me. Is the state of Florida in the entire world. It's phenomenal. It's amazing. But it's just a glimpse. So watch this. What God revealed to me recently. Why we desperately need the Holy Spirit on this scripture. Right there. Will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. Are you ready? They say the average man speaks 7,000 words a day. The average woman speaks 20,000 words a day. Pastor Rob speaks 27,000 words a day. You ready for this? You better be ready. 
no, nah, I don't think I'm going to preach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if Jesus spoke just 7,000 words a day, okay, just seven, for the three and a half years of ministry on this earth, do you know how many words Jesus spoke on this earth in three and a half years? Nine million words. Do you know how many words we have recorded in the written Bible of Jesus? 31,500. That's not even 3% of 1%, a third of 1%. 99% of every word Jesus spoke when he was on the earth, we don't even have recorded yet. Well, we do have recorded how powerful it is, how much more. All it is is a simple glimpse of what we read to the fullness and the power of what the Holy Spirit really is and does. Come on. It's just an outline. The written Bible is an outline. How much deeper when you look at the stories in the Bible, and I'll be honest with you, that's why I even like shows like The Chosen. What did it really look like? Wait a minute. The woman with the issue of blood, Pastor Rob, what did her life look like after that? Did she follow Jesus? Was she out giving her testimony? Was she laying hands on the sick herself? We don't see all those things. The written word is vital, but it's a simple outline. You're telling me, bear with me, you're telling me the creator of the universe where the universe and the galaxies of this universe, our Milky Way galaxy, if you take the whole earth as the universe, the smallest crumb on this carpet is the Milky Way galaxy, and we're going to limit him to 66 books, and that's it. Now, I'm not trying to be uh, sacrilegious. It's vital. It's important. Let me give you a step further. 31,500 words. If Jesus was on the earth for 33 and a half years, 31,500 words equals out to four and a half years. Hello, where's the other 29 years of his life that were recorded? You see what I'm saying? If you take the entire written word, bear with me, all the amazing stories, we're not knocking it. It's 800,000 words. That's a woman and a man speaking together for one day. Excuse me, a day for 34 days. That's it. Wait a minute, what about the thousands of years of other stuff that has taken place that we don't even have recorded? That's why we need the Holy Spirit so bad to take what we're reading and learning and blow it up tremendously. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say with me, Ubaba, Yoyoma, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan? See, I just got him to pray in tongues. I didn't say, see my tie, my tie is red. I didn't say, key to my Honda, key to my Hyundai. You got to have fun in Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Just hang out with me and Pastor Rob. You know God's got a sense of humor. Hang out with me and Paul, sense of humor. Hang out with any of us. Every once in a while, I have these moments, and I look, I do this. First of all, I look up. You know God, and God's going, why are you looking up? I'm not up there. I'm inside of you. But then I'll say, okay. And I'll go, God, you know, you're a real piece of work. The Spirit says to me as clear as day, no, Bobby, you're a real piece of work. <laughs> but then I had one of the greatest things recently. I, broke, I literally broke down crying hysterical. He said to me, thank you, Bobby, for loving me and bringing my kingdom to this earth. <laughs> I never heard that as a kid. All I heard was, oh, <laughs> I'm not good enough. I'm not, yet I saw the Spirit still move in spite of that stuff. Am I right, Rob? Right, Paul? We still saw the Spirit move. 
But when I started to really realize how much God just treasures and adores me and how much I matter to him, it means the world to me. It means the world to him. You don't go to the gym to find a muscle. You go to the gym to develop the muscle you already got. You already got the greatest power living in you. It's like Pastor Rob was alluding to earlier. The more you spend time in his presence, the more that spirit is going to have dominion over your mind, body, soul, and spirit. It's real simple. I hear the greatest sermons preached. Please don't get me wrong. And I'm not questioning them. But the stuff that's preached so much I even watch on TV or different places, secondary things are preached first as their primary. No. You sound like me going into public school. I'm limited on some of the things I can say. Apart from the Holy Spirit, don't waste your time. You're not going to forgive. You're not going to love. You're not going to be generous, kind, thoughtful, considerate, forgiving, and understanding. Absolutely not. The flesh is about one thing, serving itself. The Spirit is about serving others, but about serving God. So the more we tune into the Spirit, the better we're going to be because it becomes an automatic thing. I want to worship Him. I want to praise Him. But God understands the root. That's why the word says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Crucify the flesh daily. Because the flesh constantly wants to raise its ugly head and the spirit wants to have dominion over that. So the more we spend time, and Pastor Rob, that's why I love what he was sharing. You know, the more you can find those moments to be in his presence. I tell people, if you, and I'm not being disrespectful, hear me for a moment. If the scriptures I'm going to share with you, if we live by these scriptures, we would live the greatest life ever known to man. Be still and know that I'm the Lord. That word know encompasses everything. My sheep know my voice. I'll come back and tell you that in a moment if I hadn't shared it before. I think I did, but I'll just remind you. Okay? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else gets added to you. It comes automatic. Follow the spirit and these things that you need will come your way. So in the spirit you reap life, so in the flesh you reap corruption. If you're in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Those five scriptures, if I lived by those scriptures, I'd live the most amazing life in the history of Christianity. I don't mean that arrogant. And try to remember those things. I think I shared this with you before, but I feel led to share it again about the bummer sheep. Every once in a while, a baby lamb is born, the shepherd has to take that baby lamb because the mother rejects it and bring it in his own house and raise it. When the baby lamb is old enough as a baby sheep, the shepherd brings it back to the mother. She finally receives it because she was constantly rejecting it. You know what happened to that baby lamb when it went back to its mother at that moment? Because of what the shepherd did, it got born again because it got restored to who it was created to be because the shepherd brought healing to it, restoration. The rejection was eliminated. It was loved on. Biggest fear of people is not being loved and being rejected. God doesn't reject anybody. He pursues all. Well, here's the reality. Every time the shepherd goes out to the flock, calls to the sheep to take them out into pasture, give them water to drink, oil on their head, or food to eat, the first sheep that run to the shepherd are the bummer sheep. They know the voice of the one who healed, delivered, restored, and resurrected them and made them born again. Brought them back to who they were created to be. Can you say amen? And number three, last but not least. I know Pastor Rob knows this. Oh, please grab a hold of this. Paul, you don't even know this. God just gave this to me the other day. Like I said, my brother Paul and I, one of my best friends, we pray every week, we talk, we share what God's been showing him. He'll share with me. 
you know, and back to him. So what happens, Pastor Rob, when you marry a couple? Ooh, thank you, Jesus. When you marry a couple and they come up, and then you know what you say? By the power vested in me, I now declare that you are man and wife. You may kiss the bride. But here's the key. Vested. Okay? Who gives him that authority to do that? Just bear with me to marry couples. Of course the Lord, but bear with me. Even the, the states, through his ordinations, through the church, through his ordinations. So in other words, if I want to take his vestedness away, I can't. A third party can't. It would have to be God to take that away, or it would have to be the, the church world that he's part of to say, nope, you're not allowed to be a pastor. You can't marry people anymore. Those who gave him the ability and the power and the ordination to do that. Well, guess what? When you got the Holy Spirit living in you, you are already vested with the power of that Holy Spirit. And God would be the only one who could remove it, and God is not going to remove it. Can you say amen? amen. You are vested with the power of the Holy Spirit to do the mighty works of God. The two scriptures that hit me all the time is we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Every battle that you and I have is a supernatural battle, but here's the one I want to live out so bad. Greater work shall you do, because I go to the Father. So, brother, if you could put up my last scripture, Matthew 8. God says even prior to this, but Jesus says in his word, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Verse 8, heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy or any other sickness. That was a sickness of the time. Drive out demons. Freely you have been given. Freely you have received. Now freely give. Okay? You have been vested to take the kingdom of God to the hurting, to the broken, to the desperate, to the desolate, to the rejected, to the unloved. I'm going to close with this one last story, and I'm going to give every one of you a chance to really Take control through the Holy Spirit of things in your life. Brian and Deb, I met Brian and Deb like 20 years ago. They were from Nebraska. I was ministering at a church in Nebraska back then. I got to meet them. I became friends. And they shared their testimony with me. It blew me away. Brian and Deb, before it became more common like it is today, Brian and Deb were living together. They weren't believers. They were just living the life, going out to you know, getting drunk, plastered, whatever else, but they were living together. And finally, Deb gets radically saved, radically changed, touched, healed, delivered, restored, born again, whatever phrase you want to use, radically changed. For the next nine months, she still lived with Brian, never talked to him about God, never forced anything on him about God, she just lived the life that she felt that God was showing her to live. Never invited him to church. Finally, one Sunday night, they're having a, ser a service at the church. A special speaker and a guest is coming into the church that she was going to. She invites Brian. Brian says, sure, I'll go. As soon as Brian walks in the doors of the sanctuary... Brian sprints to the altar, collapses on the altar, and is crying hysterical. 
The pastor walks up to Brian and he goes, sir, can I help you? Brian grabs the pastor and shakes him. He goes, please, please. Whatever my girlfriend Deb has, I desperately need. I have never seen a transformation in a life ever in my life like hers. I need what she's got. I need the God that she serves. I need the Jesus that she has. Could you please introduce me to that Jesus that she has? Remember these words. If I talk you into something, somebody will talk you out of it. If the Holy Spirit does the work, there ain't nobody talking you out of it. Nobody talking you out of it. So before I turn it over, back over to Pastor Rob, right where you're at, if you've got an emotional need, you've got a physical need, a mental need, a solical need, everything that was shared today from Pastor Rob and even what I had shared and preached, because he first, because he first loved you, he was willing to die for every need of your life, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you have any form of need in your life, I'm going to ask you right where you're at just to please stand up right now. Don't worry about anybody else. No matter what that need is, just stand up. Stand up right where you're at. Stand up right where you're at. I'm standing up. And here's what I want you to do. Very simply. I want you to take one of your hands and raise it up. And I want you to say these words because even those who have never accepted Jesus into their life, it's going to take place in their life right now. And say these words. Dear God, thank you that I matter so much to you that you would send Jesus on my behalf and that Jesus would die to heal my broken heart, to renew my mind and give me a sound mind to forgive me of all my sins, to cleanse me, to make me white as snow, and to bring total healing to my body. I am healed because of what Jesus did. And I want to bring that healing to the hurting of this world. Thank you, God, that I matter to you. Thank you that you love me so much that I want to serve you, I want to worship you, I want to praise you, and I want to bring your love to this world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, my Father. And thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you dearly because I know you love me first. In the mighty name of Jesus, with thanksgiving, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap. Say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you, Bobby. That was awesome. How many of you, stay standing, stay standing. How many of you here today, as you prayed that prayer, that's the first time you actually asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart? Would you raise your hand? If that's the first time you've actually invited Christ to come into your life, just give me a wave. Say, hello, that's me. Awesome, fantastic. We are going to do this right now. I'm going to ask Pastor Jan and Lynn Woodall and Chrissy to come out the front, Paul and Beth to come out the front, and Bobby to come out the front. And I'm going to open the altar for a time of prayer. 
And if you personally would like to receive some prayer, we're going to have some worship music playing. I want you to just step out of your row. Come on down. These folk are going to lay hands on you and pray with you. If you're a first-time visitor, I'd love to meet you. So I'm going to keep myself free. I'm going to be floating around here. Uh, for today, the church folk are going to skip saying hello to Pastor Rob. I want to be available to say hello to you if you're here for the first time or the second time. I want you to know this isn't a religion. We're here to promote an honest relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion isn't going to save you. Religion won't heal you. In fact, sometimes religion hurts us. But a relationship with Jesus, that's everything. It is so different than just going to church. Thank God there are many churches that are wakening up and realizing it's not tradition, it's not religion that saves a person. You might have membership in 10 churches. Hate to tell you, but it ain't going to do you anything. But a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's everything. If you are a visitor here or you've been coming, you heard me talk about the discipleship program, the new Christians class. I'm happy to invest that investment in you. Because we're building the kingdom of God more than we're building a church. And so if you're a visitor and you've never been here before, and I don't know if you'll ever come back again, I hope you do, you're welcome to join Pastor Carlos today. Free lunch on us. You'll get the Bible. You'll get the study book. For the next seven weeks, we will take you chapter by chapter through some very important foundational information. At the completion, we give you this Bible cover. Uh, we'll talk to you about water baptism, give you a t-shirt. But look, it's not about the race to who could grow the biggest church. I'm tired of that garbage. It's not about counting heads or numbers. It's about honestly building people who have a deep-rooted faith in God who will be able to stand and stay standing as the world gets a bit crazier. And I assure you, the world's going to get a little bit crazier. It is very important that we take our Christianity very seriously. And so we will invest whatever we have to, to make you the best version of who you can be in Jesus Christ. Amen. For those of you who would like to do the class, all you need to do is go through that side door. If you go out into the foyer, you quickly make a right and enter into the multi-purpose room. Those of you that have visited today for the first time, love to meet you. Church, isn't it great to be in God's house? Isn't it? Come on. Amen. I didn't see Bobby spit too much today. I, I drenched Chrissy last week, so that means you weren't as anointed as I was. <laughs> I'm kidding. What a great word and what a great presentation. Would you give him a hand? If you don't have a church home, this is more than home. This is family. As pastors... Sometimes we hear that people haven't been to church because they were sick for the last six weeks. 
Do you know that we actually feel bad when we hear that? We want you to understand we're not a mega church and people come in and out like cattle. No. We want to be your pastors. When you're sick, we want you to call us because we start praying for people in the church. We pray for people. We have prayer meetings every day except for Monday. We pray for you. I take shepherding very seriously. So this isn't just another church. It's not a mega church. We're a house full of shepherds and family. If you don't have a family, if you don't have a shepherd, come on back to grace and faith. We want to love on you. And we would love for you to be part of our family. Now, as they continue to play, I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And those of you who want extra prayer, just start stepping out of the aisle, even as I pray. Start to come, and these folk will minister to you. Father, I pray your blessing over your church, that is the people, over this congregation, over every man and woman here today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will grab hold of their hearts, grab hold of their attention, and keep building them in relationship with God the Father. Now, in Jesus' name, be blessed. Bless them, Dad. In Jesus' name, amen.